This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. There is a queer angle to every issue, and we will find it. But don't expect us to be nice or politically correct. Nothing is sacred, and the team will be finding the queer and profane wherever we can on Joy 94.9. Is nothing sacred? Hi there, Joysters. It's Jim here, and uh, I'm in the studio with a whole bunch of people because we've got very interesting things to talk about tonight. And um, But before we start, I actually wanted to um, say something about the horrible happenings at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, at the hands of a homophobic gunman. And I want to add my abhorrence at the hypocritical condolences from those conservative and religious leaders who have disrespected the LGBT community for years now and are now trying to make political capital of their support for us. I just don't believe them and I have no respect for political and faith leaders who will not openly recognise us as citizens with the same rights as all citizens. Hating the sinner and loving the sinner is such rubbish and all it does is drives hostility, anger, discrimination, stigma. I like our real allies who know that all people are humans with inalienable human rights that are not contingent on faith or the opinions of other people. Make no mistake, this is where hate and intolerance leads us. This affects all of us in the LGBTI community all over the world, not just in the USA. So that said, tonight we're going to talk about how real allies can provide real support with respect to our communities. As our listeners know or know, we have a government in Victoria that has a wide-ranging equality agenda, has a Minister for Equality, a Commissioner for Sexuality and Gender, and has has committed to strengthening anti-discrimination legislation in the Charter of Human Rights. And recently we witnessed the Premier Daniel Andrews make an historic apology in the Parliament to gay men for now repealed homophobic laws and encourage those with convictions under these laws to apply for expungement of those convictions from the criminal records. This is a very important act for our community and we have in the studio tonight a number of people who have been active in the LGBTI community. Jamie Gardner, a former um, Equal Opportunities and Human Rights Reform Commissioner in Victoria and within the ALP has been the activist who has led the development of the agenda that we now see adopted by the Andrews Government. We'll be talking on the phone later to Anna Brown, former co-convener of the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, a human rights lawyer and now the ED of Australians for Equality that is leading the campaign for a yes vote should the Turnbull Abbott government be re-elected and force us to have a marriage equality plebiscite that is putting our human rights at the mercy of public opinion, an act that totally negates us as equal citizens simply wanting to live in this society. We also have in the studio Commissioner Awina Allen, the Commissioner for Sexuality and Gender in Victoria, and Roe is one of the very first and important uh, achievements of that sexuality, that, that equality agenda. So joining me on tonight with Roe and Jamie in the studio is John Wintle, who's on the panel, and our, as you will have heard him lots of times, our intern Rory Blundell, who's a young trans man and who is going to add his perspective among a, bu- among a bunch of cisgendered older people. Rory is becoming increasingly well-known for his work at Minus 18. So hello, Jamie. 
Hi, Jim. Hello, Ro. Hey, Jim. How are you going? Good. Hello, Rory. Hi. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello. So, Jamie, can you tell us a bit about the history of the Equality Agenda? Well, Jim, the, uh, the Equality Agenda that we now have um, was uh, perhaps uh, really conceived in the, um, in the lead-up to the 2010 election... Um, although obviously it has roots going much further back. But in 2009, when we set up the uh, uh, GLBTI Affairs Policy Committee in the Labor Party, uh, we were looking, we'd been looking already in a number of ways at what we needed to do next, we being people who, many of whom had been on the Attorney General's Advisory Committee under the, when Rob Hulls was Attorney General, and on the... um, Health and Human Services Advisory Committee uh, when Daniel Andrews was uh, health minister, actually. And we had we looked at the sorts of things that we wanted uh, and put some of them into the uh, ALP platform in 2009. And remarkably, they stayed there. And they stayed there and they grew. And they grew in consultation with people like Ro Allen. Hi, Ro. Uh, and uh, with Martin Foley. Oh, hi, Minister. And, uh, and with, consider- with support within the Labor Party, partly developed as we were getting the policy up. And it grew. It got bigger. Uh, and it got bigger partly because of the personal commitment of the Premier. Uh, the then leader of the opposition, I mean. And the result was that we, cr- we have developed uh, this structure of the equality agenda with a Minister for Equality, Martin Foley, uh, based in his branch. The equality branch is now part of the Department of Premier and Cabinet, which is, if you want influence in the whole of government, exactly where you need to be, uh, with the Commissioner... Uh, Ro Allen, sitting here with us tonight, and with an LGBTI task force which advises the Minister and the whole of government on LGBTI issues. Um, And uh, Ro is on that, I'm on that. Anna Brown, who will be with us on the telephone soon, is also on that. And Brenda Appleton uh, is the uh, uh, chair. And uh, Dr Ruth McNair is also a member. Uh, Ruth chairs the working group on health and human uh, services of the task force and Anna chairs the justice working or co-chairs the justice working group of the task force. So we we have this structure now. The government has uh, created this structure and it's taken a while to get everything running smoothly and but it's going well. It comes out of policy work that had been done during the period of the, the 10 10 years of the Brax and Brumby governments and some of that reaches back further into the past. Uh, everything that happens has antecedents. That's probably more than more than enough for answering Jim's question, yes? Well, it does show that this is a hard task, really. So, Rowena, what I'd like to ask you is how did you get there? How did I get there? Is it easy, easier working with a uh, fully formulated or a sort of formulated, it's not fully formulated, but a, fully, but a formulated equality policy agenda? I think when you've got leadership like we have in the moment in Victoria, it's, you know, it makes open doors and makes everything possible. It's that authorising environment that perhaps we've been building up to. But when, you know, Daniel Andrews, as the Premier, the largest 
Facebook like he had was when he marched with us at Pride, or his largest response or retweet was when he tweeted the New South Wales Premier about the Gaby Baby documentary, you know you're on a bit of a winner and uh, in Parliament and um, in government, and, and he's just so committed to it. And having a Minister for Quality means there's someone in Cabinet always putting our issues on the table, and that's something that really does a lot of a lot of cut through. And the Commissioner just adds, I think, to that, and having having a, an equality unit with inside the department, because you really, at the end of the day, all of that is fantastic, but you do need some arms and legs. Do and they listen to you? Yes, yeah, so it's a very small group, I should say. It's only a group of about four or five people. Uh, but they ran around and, and uh, you know, things like the apology don't just happen. You know, you actually do need people to to organise all those things. So, you know, we come up with the ideas, but there's a group of people now in government that run around and make those things happen, Jim, and that's pretty critical. But I do notice that you are on the 13th floor and the lift only goes to the 12th. <laughs> so that's a bit like being in the demountable out the back, isn't it? Uh, there's four lifts and it's a bit of a lottery. If you press them and, and the ones on the left-hand side get you to 13 and then the ones on the right-hand side get you to 12 and I always think it's like a, a, a Russian roulette in, in, uh, in exercise and I have to walk up the stairs. Well, that's good for you, so that's okay. But um, have we been nice enough to you in the time that you've been the commissioner? Because it's actually very important, isn't it, for the community to be in behind the commissioner and the commissioner to be acceptable and accepted by the community? Look, it's, it's been very busy and it's been fantastic and people have been uh, fantastic. Overall, absolutely fantastic. Uh, as you know, um, you included, people are quite happy off, you know, one-to-one to tell well, we me exactly, tell you exactly, exactly what, we what I should be doing. <laughs> uh, but on air and publicly, no, all the time really, very, very supportive. Um, you know, and it, it's hard to say no to a community. I come from the community and, you know, my work schedule is pretty, pretty rugged. But, you know, I know what it means to have a minister or a premier or a commissioner come to a community event. So I try to get out and, and be available where I can and, and try to listen and, and take the voices. I think, you know, of all the things that I've done, the things that are the most meaningful for me is when I can help an individual. And I've been able to do that in the last 11 months and as well as some of the major law reform that we're doing together, uh, it's important to, to make sure I get out there and listen and get it done. We're going to take some um, community announcements now, but I'm going to come back after this and ask both of you about the extension of the agenda and also talk about the, um, about the apology to gay men. So we'll go to some, some um, community announcements and then we will have a, a bit of music and then we will be back. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy 94.9. Hi there, Joysters. You are listening to Is Nothing Sacred on Joy 94.9. And tonight we're talking about the equality agenda. And we have special guests in the studio, Rowena Allen, who is the Commissioner for Sexuality and Gender in Victoria. We have uh, Jamie Gardner, who's a long-term activist in the gay community in the area of human rights and law reform. And we have, and I'm joined on the panel with John Wintle. Very good to be here. And also with our intern, Rory. Hello, Rory. Hi, Jim. And I'm now going to ask Jamie a, a, a very skating on thin ice question. So as we all know, there is a federal election coming up. Oh, really? Yeah, funnily enough. I mean, I'm so bored that I just tune out these days. But anyway, there is a federal election coming up and um, the... Labor Party has actually made a fairly important announcement, haven't they, with regard to an equality agenda? 
They have, yes. So they've haven't they agreed to almost replicate the the commissioner's position at the federal level? Uh, I think that's uh, effectively what they've agreed to. They've certainly announced there will be an LGBTI uh, affairs commissioner in the new in the Human Rights Commission, a new position. Yes. So that's that's the commission which is headed up by Gillian Triggs, and where the commissioner yes. for for um, sex discrimination and yeah, so the, human so that issues. So reside, it's, it's it? a bit different from Rose's position because this is this is proposed to be in the Human Rights Commission, which is an equal opportunity and and uh, and an anti discrimination body. But it's also a Human Rights Commission as well, as its name says. And uh, so the LGBTI commissioner will be like uh, on the same par as the sex discrimination, age discrimination, disability discrimination, race discrimination commissioners. Uh, Making that work, of course, requires, um, as Roe has in a slightly different context, um, a variety of related commitments which haven't been spelt out, but I think we will all have to put our... Um, put our uh, collective minds Collective minds to work to make sure that the policy is fleshed out. There's a substantial number of um, LGBTI policies... Uh, expressed in the Labour Party's platform, I know, because I helped put them there uh, in 2011 and in 2015. And so that there's a lot of detail in the ALP platform uh, of the sorts of things that uh, will be on the agenda uh, to uh, go around that um, recently announced promise of an LGBTI commissioner. Uh, the other thing, the other important commitment that... Um, uh, Bill Shorten has made, or the, the platform has made. In 2011, uh, the platform was amended to say that Labor will introduce marriage equality. And uh, last year, 2015, Bill Shorten announced that um, it was his promise, which has been refreshed and renewed several times, that if he is elected, then Labor will introduce a marriage equality bill in the first 100 days and it will pass. And that means no horrid plebiscite. That means no horrid plebiscite. And the plebiscite is something that's absolutely opposed by every uh, LGBTI organisation and all of our allies. Everyone knows. Every thinking person. Every thinking person uh, and every decent person mm. because the plebiscite will be an opportunity for anti-equality voices to vent their spleen, uh, drown us in their bilge, uh, in a way that is unprecedented. They're bad enough at the moment, as we've seen in the attacks on safe schools, for example, but they will be worse. Uh, even even today with this ghastly, terrible, terrible homophobic attack in Orlando, Florida, the number one, uh, the donkey vote candidate in the Senate for Tasmania is a chap whose name I can't remember. His name is Peter Madden. He's well, I was just going to say that his surname is Madden, and boy, he maddens me. And he's uh, you the, spoiled my line. He is the um, he is the Senate candidate for the Family First Party. And his um, statement—it's uh, too revolting. I can't possibly say, but let us say that he stepped in to suggest that. Uh, Deary me, as you suggested in the beginning, he, he said, yes, well, uh, Orlando's bad, but not nearly as bad uh, as the danger to... The, the clear and present danger, which is an American term, I wonder where he gets that from, the clear and present danger 
to Australia's children by marriage equality. What utter bilge and ghastly dangerous stuff. And that really hurts people. It hurts kids. It hurts kids of same-sex parents. It hurts their friends. It hurts gay kids who haven't... gay, uh, lesbian, trans kids who haven't yet come out in particular. And it is really harmful stuff. So, yes, um, there are issues in the the election that uh, really matter. And the, there are dangers in the plebiscite that are really serious. And which actually undermine the equality agenda to a large extent because they make legitimate the, um, the view that public opinion should determine people's human rights. Yes, it's, it's something that is uh, absolutely contrary to the Westminster tradition, contrary to all good principle. Uh, we don't have... We elect members of parliament to debate and pass or reject laws and the only times that a, uh, the issues around, for example, discrimination come in is when the law is changed as a law of general application, not something that is pointed at and in particular pointed at delegitimising one particular group. And in it's fact, the only time where this has been anywhere near the courts in Australia was when the High Court ruled over the ACT uh, marriage legislation that the Federal Parliament had the clear responsibility and power to make the decision. Yes. There was some argument from the antediluvian, from the, from the troglodytes, like uh, this Madden person, there was argument uh, in the anti-marriage equality, the anti-equality line, that the, it was beyond the power of the Constitution. And thanks, in fact, to our next uh, online phone, phone guest, Anna, Anna Brown, and the Human Rights Law Centre, um, who managed to raise this properly to the High Court, and the High Court said unanimously the Parliament has the power under the Constitution to legislate for same-sex marriage, for marriage equality, to be precise, the Parliament has the power. That was a unanimous, clear decision of the High Court. And um, so there is no excuse. The, um, the, the nonsense that uh, the religiously uh, fundamentalist and extremist groups run, that they have a right to interfere and they have a right to try to change the precedence on a matter of general legislation, on civil marriage... Civil marriage is what we have in Australia, not religious marriage. They can do what they like in their ceremonies. And well, the un- Presbyterian Church has already said they're going to stop marrying anybody, including the straight couples, if marriage equality comes in. Good on them, I thought. Good on them, yes. That's a bit like That's a bit like, that's like cutting off your nose to spite your face, really. Well, I mean, I think there's a good argument, uh, isn't there, that we should go the French way that's been there for a long, long time, since, since Napoleon's time, actually, where um, civil marriage is civil marriage. And the church has nothing to do with it. Uh, you, there's nothing to stop you having a mass or a whatever you call it after you're married, but only only the only the uh, state can marry people. So look, the equality agenda is an, under real risk uh, if um, we have a plebiscite. There will be exactly the sorts of provocations uh, that cause uh, psychological harm and validates those who commit serious crimes. The only the thing that prevents us having the American disasters is that we at least have decent, moderately decent gun laws. They could probably be better, but they're much, much better than America's. Mm-hmm. So it's much less likely that we can have the sort of outrage 
um, that that the fundamentalist extremists in America have validated by a whole range of oratory and state laws, for that matter, or attempts to have state laws in violation of the Constitution, even in the last few months. All of those things contribute to a temperature, a temperature and a validation of breaches of equality, breaches of human rights, homophobia, transphobia, all of those things. Okay, terrible, dear terrible. listeners, if you want to get involved in this discussion, you can. You can... You can SMS us on 0427JOY949 or you can email us on air at joy.org.au and you can tell us what you think about all of this. And um, we shall be back uh, online in just a moment with, um, with Anna Brown. Thank you, John. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. We have on the phone with us now... Power lesbian number one, Anna Brown. Hello, Anna. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hello. I'm well. And um, I hope you're sitting with your feet up listening to the radio. Well, I have been listening very intently. Very good. Um, to Jamie and Ro. It's been a very interesting program, but I am a bit more comfortable at home <laughs> compared to you. You are in, in the cold wintry studio. No, we're actually in a very hot studio. It's like a sauna oh. in here at the moment. But anyway, um, you've you were the um, co-convener of the Victorian Gay and Rights Lobby, weren't you? And yes, I, I think, about four years. But you've now got a, another co-convenership role. Would you like to tell us a bit about what you've, uh, how you've sort of floated up a bit further in this miasma of um, LGBTI politics? Uh, you mean my role at the Human Rights Law Centre? No, your role at Australians for Equality. Oh, okay. So the um, Australians for Equality, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's a quite a new organisation. It's an organisation um, that still um, hopefully won't need to be um, fully established, but at the moment it's being set up to prepare for a plebiscite because we need to pre- prepare now um, for the eventuality of one, even though at the moment, obviously, we need to be, as a community, um, devoting all the resources we can to fighting um, a plebiscite and, ho- and hopefully we don't have one, but if we do, we need to be planning now. So that's what Australians for Equality is doing, um, mobilising the community and and our allies to, to get ready. Good. That sounds like a very good task and I can't think of anybody better to uh, be in a leadership position in that than you, given the work that you've done in the past with human rights. Because you are, in your daytime job, a human rights lawyer at the Human Rights Law Centre, aren't you? Yeah, well, at the centre we do have an LGBTI rights unit, so I run that. And we're very lucky to have someone like Jamie on our board. So lots of great supporters of LGBTI rights work in our organisation. And in that role, um, it means that I work on uh, strategic litigation, like the um, our intervention in the the marriage um, high court matter that was talked about earlier and um, the Norrie case, for example, we also intervened in that case around recognition of gender, uh, but also work on law and policy reform, uh, such as the the scheme to expunge historical convictions for homosexual offences and, and 
obviously a lot of that work's been done closely with Jamie as well. So the equality agenda that uh, is in place in Victoria, what do you think is the importance of that in the community? Particularly, I'd like to sort of see if we can broaden out, is there an importance to the general community in that equality agenda, not just to LGBTI people? Jamie, oh, you very might like much to so. enter into yeah. that as well. You go first, Anna. Well, I think, I mean, the equality agenda is about all of us and it's about valuing um, LGBTI Victorians and, and acknowledging that they aren't equal and that there's still a lot of work to be done to ensure that we are. And that work is about law reform, but it's also about all the work that um, Ro and her team do and the task force and others are driving through across all government programs. And that means that everyone across government, whether they're part of the LGBTI community or not, is really vital to, make, to getting it done. And um, we can... You know, develop as many allies as we can within the broader community, and so, and this is what I think is so fantastic about the leadership that Daniel Andrews is showing in this area. It's about valuing us as a community and our contribution, but also recognising that it's the diversity of Victoria that makes it great, and um, it's by coming together as a community and valuing each other and our diversity that we um, we can do really great things. Yeah, I'd probably add to that. I absolutely agree. And the the um, the value of making equality such an important part, LGBTI equality, because it's one of the ones that has received the least uh, public recognition, joins with uh, racial equality, recognition of Indigenous, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, and uh, sex discrimination, uh, women's equality, they're all important. They're all about valuing the dignity and equal rights of everyone and dealing with uh, valuing difference, valuing each person and where people are linked in various ways, valuing their communities. So that there are a number of uh, groups in society whose members have been discriminated against in the past, who've been treated as second-class citizens. And there's been at least a formal recognition of that in many of the areas. Frankly, the LGBTI area is probably about the last one to be formally recognised, but all of them still need work. We don't have a society that is as fair and equal as we should have and as we are working towards. But focusing currently on, on the value of the LGBTI community, at the same time, because government can do more, more than one thing at a time, at the same time as having a strong focus on women's equality, having a strong multicultural focus, having a strong focus on Aboriginal reconciliation, all of these things add together, and with, and with a hole in any one of them, the whole structure is, would be weakened. So there is a a network, a web of interconnections that constitute a society. And if one bit of us are being devalued, that is a hole in the, in the whole web. So that's, I think, this, uh, another sense in which at the broader level, concentrating on 
equality and the equality agenda concentrating on gender and sexuality as it is uh, completes a patchwork and a quilt of diversity valuing which really benefits the whole of society. Everyone, of course, has LGBTI friends or family or colleagues, absolutely everyone, or neighbours. And so, equally, we touch everyone. And everyone, regardless of what they're aware of, touches us. So that's the second uh, manifestation of that. Well, I think that's a fairly important um, important exposition of, of the importance of it. And I think the one thing that I would add would be that I hope that it provides the space and the legitimacy for LGBTI leaders to actually become leaders across the community in other areas. So it would be nice to be able to see an LGBTI person unashamedly accepted as a political leader. And we have we do have one um, jurisdiction where, where we have a, an LGBTI, an openly LGBTI political leader in Australia. Yes, the ACT chief uh, chief minister. Yep, and so it can happen, and uh, and it should be able to happen. And I think the equality agenda, which Roe is um, leading in the government arena, um, is really important in that that way. What do you think, Roe? You can. Look, I was just talking before about that authorising environment and I think the equality agenda has allowed um, Australia's first gay imam to come out in Victoria safely, as safely as he can. And that's incredibly important today as we think about um, our Muslim LGBTI brothers and sisters in, in the face of the tragedy as well. And that means that he has the support around him and we can do a whole lot of work which we couldn't probably do 20 years ago and we can address homophobia within all faith, race, religious communities. Um, with the multicultural money for LGBTI people announced out of the Office of Multicultural Affairs, not out of the Equality Unit, but out of a different portfolio in multicultural affairs, it, it says this, this is going to happen right across government and, uh, you know, this is, this is a fantastic time and a fantastic space. Anna, is there anything that you would like to add to that? No, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering everything. Excellent. Well, we are going to um, we're going to wrap up that bit of the conversation now, and we're going to go to some more um, community services announcement. We're going to come back and hear from Rory. So, thank you, John. Joy ninety four point nine is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy ninety four point nine by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Hi there, Joysters. You are listening to Is Nothing Sacred on Joy 94.9, and we are rapidly approaching the end of our show. I want to say thank you to Commissioner Rowena Allen and to uh, Jamie Gardner and to thank Anna Brown for being on the phone. And I just want to now ask Rory, who's been sitting here patiently all night listening to a whole <laughs> bunch of cisgendered oldies. Well, I can say that oh. about me. I can't possibly say that about Rowena. She's such a sweet young thing. It's all relative. I'm old, really. Oh, you are not. <laughs> Well, everyone's very interesting, so it hasn't been so, me just listening. Bored. Does this does this mean anything to you? This whole discussion it does because you're it, only a youngster, aren't you? You are twenty. Yeah. Yes, um, it does. And just briefly, I did a speech last week at the UNICEF um, launch of the Child's um, Report. Um, I spoke there, and I'm actually in the report. And what I've found there, like now, and seeing just Victoria, especially um, Victorian government. 
it's just listening to young people and listening to LGBTI individuals. And I think, and what I've seen today and in the face of the Orlando shooting and especially in the safe schools attacks is a lot of young people are feeling quite isolated and alone. And, I mean, we know um, the suicide statistics are just abominable for um, LGBTI young people, particularly trans young people. So to see... Um, our government and leaders within the community having a voice being heard, mm-hmm. like what you were saying about Bill Shorten was extremely interesting as well that this um, commissioner role will be brought nationally. That to me is so amazing and just to know that there are ways to reach out in the community and that we're being listened to I think is so important. Does that make you feel safer? It does in a way. Does it make, does it, make it easier for you to come out? I mean I imagine coming out as a young trans person is actually a very, very difficult thing, yeah. probably harder than coming out as gay. So um, does, it, does it, I mean, easier is probably not the right word, but does it make it different for you? It does. I mean, I have to pick where I come out, and I generally do, because... Um, I mean, just um, do it on air, like... Well, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I mean, I'm given this position on air, um, getting all these opportunities with minus 18, and in those spaces I feel safe and listened to and respected, which are things that I'm finding is a lot more prevalent in Victoria. Um, and because you're a Sydney boy, aren't you? Yes, originally? I am. <laughs> um, and again, it's just things noticeable differences, like in the response to Gaby Baby, in the response of the different state governments to safe schools. I think you can kind of see the spaces where LGBTI identities are respected, and then kind of figure out if you will be safe coming out, or if things go wrong and you're discriminated against, who you can go to for support and help. And here it's great because not only um, like our political leaders listening, but you know with all the task forces that you're talking about, having medical leaders on board as well, um, legal changes, because all these things I spoke about in my speech, like the difficulties with changing sex markers and accessing hormones and, I, and like with birth certificates, I think these are issues that I know are being listened to by our government and I think that's incredibly important. Well, thank you for that. I think that it is important. It's good to hear that difference is being made and that the sort of work that some of us have been doing over the years is paying off. It is. It's making a big difference. And it's also, I think, revealing where we need to go forward. But I guess listening to young people and saying, where do you think we should go? Um, looking at intersectionality and saying, okay, we've de- like we've done these issues, where can we go f- to further trans rights? I think those things are incredibly important and just amazing, really, to see the changes that are happening. And uh, what I find is that the, um, that the openness of people like Martin Foley and Mark mm. Dreyfus at the federal level to actually listen to the possibility of more reform... Mm considering that it has moved fairly fast over the past year, um, is quite heartening. It is. You can find more Joycast and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Okay, Joysters, you're on Is Nothing Sacred on Joy 94.9, and if you're just joining us now, we're at the end of the show. But if you want to hear what you missed out on, which was a discussion with Commissioner Oeno Allen and Jamie Gardner and Anna Brown about the Victorian equality agenda and some bits and pieces about the federal election thrown in there and some stuff from Rory about um, the value of the equality agenda to young people, then you can go to our podcast, Go to, the, to joy.org.au 
and go to podcasts or find Is Nothing Sacred on Joy 94.9 and you can listen to this again um, on podcast. It'll be up probably by the end of the week. Um, or you can go, once it gets up, to uh, iTunes or your favourite uh, podcast venue, wherever that might be. There's a few others, I think, but I don't know what they're called because <laughs> I'm a technophobe. <laughs> you can go to those and listen to us again. But thank you, Ro, so much for coming in because I think, as I just was trying to find out how many times I've had Rowena on the show this year, which I think is four times, so we might give her a break for at least a month now. Oh, well, that's always a joy, Jim. Um, But we will get you back at some stage to talk about the Pride Centre in the near future. And, Rory, we'll be getting you back to talk about young people soon enough, I think. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) And, Jamie, we'll be getting you back to talk about what is the federal equality agenda going to look like. I'd say we'll be doing that fairly soon. That sounds an exciting prospect. I look forward to it. (laughs) He's going to go off and do some research now. So that will be really interesting to see what comes out of that. So um, thank you all for listening. And um, and over the next couple of weeks, we've got some exciting shows coming up. We'll have our regular HIV show. Um, and um, and we've given Clovis Palmer from the Burnett Institute a, a challenge. He's been reading one paper a day, one important HIV paper a day, starting with the very first paper that came out ever about HIV, which was uh, the report of this terrible new virus that had been isolated with regard to um, pneumocystis pneumonia and Kaposi sarcoma and so on, and the first paper in Nature or somewhere that that came out with the fact that um, there was a, a discovery, a simultaneous discovery in France and the US, so the myth goes, that, uh, that they'd discovered a virus, and we he's... he's read that and he's re- and then he's read a whole series of r- more recent developments with HIV and he's going to come on our show and he's going to talk about those things. So if you want to listen to that, that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. And um, we hope to uh, to hear you with us in the near future. So keep listening Monday nights at 10pm. It's Nothing Sacred on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast Brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.